Lutes. Vials. Irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now. Feel the sweet spark of connection. If you don't screw up this moment somehow, maybe you won't die alone. Don't be too needy or bring up your ex. Don't say the words, her peace and Don't ever mention you've never had sex. Trust me, I promise she knows. And now her defenses are starting to fall. Smile and return her affection. If you don't manage to ruin it all, maybe you won't die alone. What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yep. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude and dudes? Yes, it's me, the broke soulless ginger. Genuinely speaking, I'm not that broke. Vinny. Oh. Oh, here we go. Yes. For the third day this week, Zach is on the show. We had the Great American Bash on Monday. Uh, yesterday was uh, SummerSlam 2018, a classic from the olden days. And uh, today we're back with a new episode with NXT. But before we get started, uh, there is one uh, special surprise that we have here on the Boochcast. As you guys know, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this during the Great American Bash, just with everything that went down. But um, as you guys know, uh, this past Saturday... Uh, uh, Zach uh, turned 37 years old. Yay. And you can tell he's very happy about it. Not really. Uh, but there is an individual who um, I got into contact with recently, and he specifically asked to appear on the show today. Um, he's a person who has uh, called in frequently, has not been on in a very long time, uh, but he specifically said he wanted to come here to speak to Zach regarding his birthday. So I am going to um, put him on right now and I am going to uh, step out for a moment. Yes, yes, hello, Dan Housen here. Very nice, very evil, very famous, very elite. Catchphrase, catchphrase, so on and so forth. I love that, Dan Housen. Yes, everything else that I say, who is to say? Who knows? I do not. Yes, I know I normally, the NXTs is not a place for Dan Housen to frequent, but I had to come here to speak to an old friend. I assume I'm still in the presence of the Gingerbread Housen? Yes, you are, Dan Housen. How are you doing today? I am totally fine. How are you, Gingerbread Housen? I'm doing all right. I'm doing just being me. That's all I'm doing. Just me. Yes, I, I know Dan Housen has not speak to you in quite some times. Yes, uh, I've been off uh, on my own making lots of monies. Yes, uh, even though 
the AEWs have not featured Danhausen. Uh, they they have not been supporting Danhausen, so Danhausen has had to go uh, support himself. Yes, uh, with lots of uh, action figures and uh, you know lots of merchandising. Yes, because uh, the more the more merchandising that you have, the more as they call them the gimmicks. Yes, uh, the Danhausen can make lots of monies, but Danhausen is not here to talk about his monies. He is here to uh, to uh, wish uh, the Gingerbread Housen uh, the happiest of birthdays. Yes, uh, I hope you have lots of uh, birthday cakes, uh, the birthday soups, the birthday ice creams, uh, the birthday balloons, and may your enemies forever be cursed. I appreciate it. It was Saturday kind of late, but thank you so very, very, very much. You're welcome. And of course, uh, I have to give it a little side note here. The Gatorhausen, he must also be cursed as well. I must curse the Gatorhausen. He knows sell it for Danhausen. And you always sell it for Danhausen. Oh, you're, you're cursed. cursed. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Danhausen is the one that does the cursing. I know it is your, I know I'm, I'm celebrating I'm your birthday. I'm sorry about the cursing. Please thank forgive you. about the cursing. Yes, thank you. Uh, only Danhausen does the curses. Yes. Uh, sorry is, about the that cursing. That is strictly a Danhausen thing. It's okay. You, it is, you're the birthday boy. You get a little over, over, the, over the zealous. So um, I, 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 I let it go this one times. So yes, uh, I am here to, yes. Uh, so once again, uh, wishing the gay, the uh, gingerbread housing the happiest of birthdays. Now again, lots of birthday cakes, lots of birthday soups, lots of birthday ice cream, lots of birthday balloons, and may your enemies and the gated housing forever be cursed. So why? Thank you. So I, I must take a leave of absences now uh, to let you all continue with your NXT. So until next time, thank you for supporting Dan Housing. You're very, very welcome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dan Housen paid us a visit, so um, uh, I know he uh, really wanted to, you know, you know, give you a birthday greeting. I know you haven't talked to him in a while, but uh, now that we got that out of the way, uh, we're gonna jump right in here now to NXT. As we all know, this is the fallout from the Great American Bash, and we kick things off. We see uh, a nice-looking car pull up, and out of it comes the NXT Tag Team Champions, uh, Channing, Stax, Lorenzo, and of course uh, Tony D'Angelo, the Don. They come out of the parking lot, and next thing you know, Gallus jumps them in the parking lot, and they. Uh, stats got jumped almost immediately. Tony D put up a hell of a fight, but unfortunately, Gallus leaves him laying in the parking lot. Yeah, I saw this right here. I, I thought they were just going to come in and celebrate, but uh, uh, Gallus had to be butthurt losers because they did lose Sunday. And uh, yeah, they were just upset. And this retaliation for them taking the titles from away from them. I did enjoy this right here. I thought they were going to come and celebrate. Boy, was I wrong. Vinny, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I I'm a little pissed about this. Uh, not because I'm a fan of the tag team champions, but because I was looking forward to seeing the Don celebration. I wanted to see the big party. I wanted to see how they were going to go all out for this and it gets destroyed by fucking Gallus who I don't even know why the fuck there's why this is still happening. Nobody really gives a shit. I don't see Gallus as a team to take very seriously. I feel like they're in the way of potential great tag teams and uh, they need to go fuck off forever. So I was not happy about this at all. So this, this was disappointing because it canceled what could have been a really great celebration. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. I have to agree. I was looking forward to the party. Now see, you guys think you was looking forward to the fucking party? How the fuck do you think I feel? I'm coming in. Like I'm coming in, bucks. getting the champions welcome, getting the welcoming that I fucking deserve after the ass kicking we gave the Gallus finally becoming the tag team champions, and I get jumped in the fucking parking lot by three fucking cowards who decided to come jump me in the fucking parking lot. Well, let me tell you something. You don't fucking jump the Don and think you walking away in one fucking piece. I guarantee it. Now, you want to have war in the fucking streets? I'm the wrong guy to go to fucking war with. I'll eat you for fucking breakfast, okay? I'm going to cut his fucking balls off. I'm going to shove him up his fucking ass. I'll fucking bury him. I'll put ice picks in his fucking eyeballs. I'll serve him to his fucking family so they can eat him for dessert. You feel better now? Yeah, do. <laughs> 
Believe okay. it or not, I actually fucking okay. do. I'm surprised you're not mad at me. I had nothing to do with this. I did my part well, Saturday. Well, well, of course you I'm... Got the titles, uh, I helped you with titles. You gave me TGs, and I have a keg, so... Sorry. Well, of course I ain't fucking mad at you. Why would I be mad at you? You weren't there for the beating. You didn't orchestrate the beating, did you? No, I did not. You didn't take those 10 Gs and pay them to come after me? No, 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 no. Then no. I got no reason to be fucking mad at you. No, so, no, there's... No. Like I said, the Don... The Don don't go after people without evidence, okay? Now, if, there's, if there was evidence and proof that you was involved, oh, fucking believe we'd be having a different conversation. But I know you know your place. I know you know where your loyalties lie. You you know, you understand. A man gives you 10 Gs and a fucking keg of sweet water. You know who to be fucking loyal to. So I think you you, you smarter than that, Cherry Top. I know that for Why? a fact. Thank you so much. So, yeah, I ain't fucking mad at you. I, I, I'm fucking mad at Gallus. That's who I'm fucking mad at. That's where my fucking anger's going to. We, we good until you say or do something stupid. And so far, you ain't. So we good. So anyway. Don't pray on that. I ain't fucking praying. I know you can trust me. Your mouth writes checks. Your ass can't cash all the fucking time. I'm just saying. Gallus has a major fucking receipt coming, but I ain't gonna say nothing right now. I know you got plenty of other shit to talk about. Yes, we do. So we're gonna kick... All right, I'm gonna jump back in here now. Uh, Don can go take a breather. We're gonna go take a look at our first official match of the evening. Uh, we have JC Jane one-on-one against Lyra Valkyra. I enjoyed this opening bout very, very well. Both these ladies did what they were supposed to do. Lyra Valkyra did her thing. Uh, JC Jane did her thing, but what I like Jesse about Jesse did uh Jesse did they started and uh went over to Vic Joseph's like and he she slapped Vic Joseph's like seriously what the hell did he ever do to you there uh, uh JC Jane but these two women started out before they even the bell even rung I mean I enjoyed it right here. I'm not fought when um Jesse Jane hit that spine buster. That was a good spot. Was that a good spot, Vinny? When she hit that spine buster, that was a very good spot. And then all of a sudden, Valkyrie gets the win. It hit uh, did a round hill kick, hit the splash. One, two, three. Winner is Lyra Valkyrie. That's hopefully I said that right. It's Valkyra, but I've I've messed it up sometimes too. I've, call, I've been, I was calling her Valkyrie for like the first couple weeks. Uh, so. Yeah, 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 so yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. So I've been I admit I I've, I fucked up her name too. So yeah, I can't really give yeah, you shit for that. Yeah. But I will say I enjoyed this match immensely. It was definitely a well-done women's wrestling match. And that is what I love about NXT is you don't see a lot of bad matches with the women. Now, I, again, I'm not saying the women don't have bad matches. We've seen them. We've talked about them. And we've even acknowledged when there's been some sloppy moments in a match that was overall good. So I'm not saying the women are perfect. But when I compare them to the women on AEW and some of the women on the main roster, NXT has always had the best women's wrestling, in my opinion. Because these women know how to work. They're learning how to work. And they give a shit. And a lot of people get mad about the fact that people aren't as harsh on NXT as they are in AEW or on the main roster sometimes. And there's a reason for that. It's because even though we, we and we, like I said, we're, we're judgmental over here too. But the thing is, people need to understand NXT is developmental. They have made it clear, even though for a period of time it was treated like a third brand because it had a lot of big name stars on it from other promotions that came here. It at its heart and core, NXT. NXT is developmental. NXT is the place you go to learn and train and get better. So when people make mistakes in NXT, we give them a little bit of a pass. Not a lot, but a little bit because we're acknowledging the this is where you go to learn. So you, I'd rather see you fuck up in NXT than fuck up on Raw or SmackDown. AEW, on the other hand, is not a developmental company. It looks like one. It walks like one. It talks like one. But it's not one. So you're trying to call yourself a legit 
legit wrestling promotion. You're trying to say you are on par with the WWE. Some marks out there try to say it's better than the WWE. But that's the mindset that AEW is trying to have. So yes, I do expect better from your talent. Because you're trying to tell me this is talent that I'm supposed to take seriously. That these are credible wrestlers in a credible wrestling promotion. And you guys get triggered whenever people call it an indie fed or the minor leagues or a secondary promotion as Triple H apparently called it in the Cody documentary. I haven't seen the documentary but I saw that clip because it trended on Twitter. Because it said Triple H calls AEW a secondary promotion. Oh bite my Irish ass. It is. It hasn't shown anything to the contrary. Every now and then it's had some great moments, but that's why the NXT people get a pass is because we're acknowledging that they're green and they're trying to learn. AEW is not a developmental promotion. So therefore, you are expected to perform at an elite level on that show. And if you ain't ready to perform at that elite level, then Tony Khan should not put your ass on fucking TV. But he continues to do it anyway. And that's why you guys get the harsher criticism. I just want to get that out of the way. That being said, these women tore the damn house down. It was great. It was back and forth. It was hard hitting. Lyra Valkyra, we saw an aggressive side of her that we hadn't really seen before. I mean, not that she wasn't aggressive before, but it doubled at this point. And also, Lyra needed the win here. She took a massive L from Rhea Ripley. Now, granted, she held her own, which is why she was still over despite the loss, because Rhea Ripley was not going to job on NXT. If you thought Rhea, if you thought Rhea was going to job, you're an idiot. There's no way Lyra was going over in that match. But she still got got the rub from Ripley and therefore needed the win here. JC doesn't need it because she's already established that she's a decent heel. She can establish that she can work, but to me, JC's not somebody that needs to be pushed right now. I, I don't I don't take her seriously. Lyra, I do. So she definitely needed the win. I love the diving cross body, the suplexes, everything. You know, uh, Jane with that vicious spine buster like we talked about before. That was painful. She got the win and the, with the splash. Just everything about this match was perfect. It was a perfect 10. And now we're going to cut to the backstage area. We see the NXT champion Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. They sit there talking about Hayes' win at the Great American Bash. Williams says, uh, you know, the Trick Melo gang, we tight, we boys, but I'm no sidekick and I need to shine on my own. He tells Hayes this is not a breakup, but he needs to be his own man. Yeah, I saw this right here. So, uh, he was like, like, I was there for you, man, and everything else. And it's like, I appreciate you having my back. And I appreciate you having having you, my back uh my back and, and he says trick Williams needs to go do his own thing and i think this might be good for his career because believe it or not he's no sidekick and he's not or anybody's lackey he is trick that trick williams and i think he needs to go out his own just saying i thought that was actually a pretty good uh you know backstage segment so i thought it was good let's see what happens so can trick Williams be be without Mello? Um, yes. I think Trick Williams can stand on his own two feet for three reasons. He has the look, he has the in-ring work, and he has the promo. He's an incredible promo. Trick is very, very talented. But he's not a sidekick, but let's be honest, he's kind of been a sidekick unintentionally over this time. Because he's had Carmelo's back while he's gone for the NXT title. It's, he's basically the, the Diesel to the Shawn Michaels, as it were. You know, when Shawn was on top and Diesel was like the bodyguard 
hard for him. Eventually, Diesel got to break out on his own and become a world champion and get over. And for y'all that don't know, Diesel is Kevin Nash. So, yeah, but for a period of time, he was with Shawn Michaels. Trick's been kind of the same way. Uh, Obviously, they're on NXT, so it's not really a Shawn Michaels, Diesel-like level as far as legacy and stardom. It's just saying it's a similar situation. So, I'm not putting them on par with Shawn and Diesel. They ain't there yet. But it is there is a similarity. Yeah. So because of that, Trick does need to break out on his own. And he even said right. it's not a breakup. So it's not like he's saying, I'm never going to be in your corner again. Or we're never going to tag again. But I need to show that I can be my own person. Because he said, you're the NXT champion. I'm not. There's no gold around Trick's waist. It's just gold around Carmelo. So this could be a way to push Trick Williams to get him in to the North American title picture. And now that I think about it, here's what I would like to see. Mm. I like to see Trick start building up a winning streak and take it all the way to No Mercy. And I think at No Mercy, Trick needs to be the one to dethrone Dominic Mysterio. I would put him and Dom at No Mercy in September and have him go over and become the new North American champion. Okay, I can see that right there. Hopefully that happens one day, but you never know with these guys. They can never do... Hopefully they do that. They they do that, I'm going to laugh. Yeah. Um, just say, good job there, Mr. Vinibucci. Well, I'm just saying, that's the only other title he can really go for because he said he wants to be his own man. So them going for the tag titles is going to be out of the question question so that only leaves a North American title which Trick needs to go get you know unless they're trying to build something to where eventually Trick's gonna go for the NXT title because for a second there I thought that's where they were going I thought Trick was gonna ask Mello for a shot at the title but I think that's only gonna happen if he doesn't go for the North American title and Mello runs through everybody then at some point Trick's gonna look at him and go hey man man to man let's do it you and me just straight up whatever happens happens and there's so much respect there I think Mello would give him the title shot and if Trick would was able to go over and did it fair and square, I think Mello would be okay with that. So, but and again, I, I think the North American title is more likely. Yeah, I can see that right there. I can see that. I can see that. And now we cut to the backstage area. We see Tony D and Stax. They're being asked for a medical update. Uh, D'Angelo says uh, he wants to face Galax tonight and he tells Lorenzo to make a call so they can see if he shows up. Uh, they, they, these guys, uh, Tony D and Stax were just pissed off and say like that. Say, okay, Gallus, you want to go? You want to take us on? All right, I just have to make one phone call. And we're wondering who is that phone call, and we wonder who shows up. Vinny, your thoughts? Well, obviously, you know, it, that's an intriguing concept right there because at first they were going to say th- it's th- going to be three-on-two if they do that. And your first thought is they're going to do a three-on-two handicap match. But he says, I got to make a call. So now the speculation starts running through your head who this third person could be. Yeah, well, you can fucking speculate all you want. The fact of the matter is nobody knows what's going on in the Don's head. But everybody knows I always got a fucking plan because that's what the secret to be in the Don, to be in the boss, to be in the head of the fucking family, is you always gotta have a plan in place. Obviously, I wasn't about to walk in there in a three-on-two. You know, I ain't putting myself in a one-man disadvantage. But believe me, the Don always has the right connections. My only regret, I couldn't bring Cherry Top into the ring. It would have been nice to see him in there, although uh, although I have heard, you know, through, through the grapevine, you know, I got ears. I hear things. Uh, I understand uh, Cherry Top got himself a trainer. 
Yo, uh, yo, I heard you you got yourself a trainer there, Cherry Top. You've been taking bumps in the ring. I have no clue what you're talking about. That's okay, Mr. Don. Uh, Mr. Donnie, uh, he is, uh, the, 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 the ginger is being very modest. Uh, this here is Gator Ricky Ross, uh, from the Virginia Wrestling Academy in Virginia. Uh, I, I've been training him ever since he got out of military school, because he went to a military school up in Virginia. Uh, I believe it was a place called, uh, Catham Catheter. I think it was Catham. Catheter, Virginia, I believe. It's in a place called Chatham, Virginia. Chatham, yes, the Chatham. Yes, the Chatham. That, that is true, the Chatham, yes. Uh, I found him over there. Uh, he was right out of military school. Lots and lots of anger was in his veins. But with the help of Gator Ricky Ross, I was able to take this man's uh, very much hot-headed, uh, fine Irish anger, and we were able to channel it into a wrestling machine. That is why he looks, that's why he's in such great shape, and that's why under the tutelage of the Virginia Wrestling Academy, you too can become a badass like Cherry Top. So, that, so Cherry Top, don't worry. I know you didn't want to. You were worried about breaking the kayfabe, but it's okay. It's okay. You can talk about the school. It's okay. We trained you well. Why do you think he was able to swing the crowbar with so much ease? Who taught him? That's right. The one and only Gator Ricky Rouse. Thank you, Gator. Very, very much. You are quite welcome. Uh, so yes, uh, Mr. Donnie, Donnie, sir. Uh, and, uh is he like Donnie Wahlberg? Uh, why did they call him Donnie? Uh, is that what? No, Gator, Gator, no, he's not Gator. Donnie Wahlberg no. from the New Kids on the Block. He's this not is Donnie he's the, the Don. The he's the Don. That's a mafia term. Oh, the, uh, uh, sorry, yeah. Mr. Mafia. Uh, I dash okay. Um, I, I I've already paid my debts, so uh, I'm I'm just gonna leave. You don't even need the basket. I'm just gonna fuck off. I am the Gator. And I will definitely see you later. Not not today, though, because I want to live. Did he yeah. just leave voluntary? The Don has that effect. What can I say? <laughs> I guess he's scared of you. But know what the funny thing is? I'm not scared of you. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, you, you, Those blondie stones are fucking big. I got to hand it to you. You know, and that's why I respect you, Cherry Top. It's also why I like you. Not very much, but I like you. I like you too, but not very much as well. Hey, point is, we're fucking honest about it. That's all that matters here. You know what I'm saying? Eh, I guess I do. And you showed up when it counted. And yes, I know, did. And yeah, and nice to know that you got uh, you got some fucking training under your belt. I like that. He's not a bad trainer. He's a little, little weird with his speech, but I fucking like him either way. So, uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so I got secrets. I got plans in place. And, uh, yeah, I guess um, check out the Virginia Wrestling fucking Academy, uh, whatevs. Yeah, whatevs. I ain't got time for you guys to keep keep going back and forth maybe later on in the show but right now we're gonna cut to we got an in-ring segment here with the nxt north american champion dirty dominic mysterio and rhea ripley ripley hypes up mysterio's win at the great american bash dominic calls himself the greatest luchador that has ever lived dragon lee interrupts and says Rey mysterio is the greatest luchador of all time dominic says that he made the mysterio name relevant dragon says ripley has dominic's cojones in his purse dragon lee challenges dominic to a title match next week dominic accepts and and Ripley says she'll be in his corner. Dragon says he won't be coming alone. Rey Mysterio appears on the Titantron and says he'll be on NXT next week as he will be there to support Dragon Lee, the future of Lucha Libre. I thought I enjoyed this right here tremendously. Uh, Rhea comes out there. Dirty Dom comes out there. They're actually letting um, Don make freaking talk. It's like, yeah, I'm the greatest North America championship of all time. You only retain because Rhea Ripley helped you retain it by doing a rip 
on Wesley through the announce table. Yeah, that made any logical sense whatsoever. Then Dragon League came out there shooting his fucking dick sucker off a mouse. It's like, I challenge you to, to a match. And he says, you're not the greatest Lucha Libre. Your dad, Ray Mysterio, is the, is the greatest Lucha Libre. I won't say the greatest. He's one of the greatest right there. Then Ray Mysterio appears on the screen. He was speaking Spanish and English. I didn't understand the Spanish part because I don't speak Spanish. The other watching this, I thought this was great right here. Next week, it will be uh, Dragon League against to Dynamic Mysterio. And Dynamic better not lose that title on fucking free TV. Vinny, your thoughts? I enjoyed this until the end. And I'm going to tell you why. I loved Dominic's promo. I liked Rhea Ripley. The hype, the, the, the heel heat that they get together is phenomenal. They are an amazing couple to watch in, in, in wrestling. Like, they have amazing chemistry. I only wish that Rhea was single so they could have a real relationship because I feel like they could legit date outside the ring if it wasn't for fucking Buddy Murphy or Buddy Matthews, whatever the fuck his name is now. Um, but here's what I liked. I liked the fact that trying to give him another challenger. He's going to call himself the greatest luchador. Dragon Lee would take offense to that. Um, but here's what I didn't like. I, I, I'm all for Rey Mysterio showing up on NXT because Rey Mysterio equals ratings. He is a money draw. So it would make sense for him to be there. What I don't like is him being in the corner of Dragon Lee. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Dominic has Rhea Ripley in his corner. You know what that means? What? Dominic has a woman in his corner. Dragon Lee has a man in his corner. And what is WWE known for when it comes to the men and the women? Women can put their hands on the men, but the man can't put their hands on the women. Correct. So how the fuck does this even up the odds? It don't. It doesn't. You know why it doesn't? Because you have one manager that can touch another manager, but another manager that can't touch the other. So you're going to get the same shit that you get every time Rhea involves herself in men's business. She is going to beat the shit out of the guy, and the guy is not going to be able to give her a receipt. What Ray should say is, we're going to send Zelina Vega down there. Have Zelina come down and be in his corner. Why? Because Zelina Vega is a member of the LWO. And if I'm not mistaken, I think at some point they want to build something between her and Rhea Ripley. So why not use that as a fucking catalyst? That way you got a woman who can hit the woman. It's why the OC had a woman in the, put a woman in their faction when they went up against the Judgment Day. It's why Edge brought back Beth Phoenix to help him get revenge on the Judgment Day. Because WWE is too fucking scared. Wrestling period is too fucking fucking scared to let the men and the women lock up for fear people are going to see it as domestic violence or abuse to women even though they're the same people that say wrestling is fake well apparently not when it comes to controversial shit so make up your fucking minds is it fake or is it a sport no one knows anymore i know the answer what's the answer it's a scripted show it's not fake but it's a scripted show and if it's a scripted show it shouldn't fucking matter especially when we live in a time where a guy can just say he's a woman and still compete against them. That's okay. But uh, and, I'll, and I'll even use woke terms. So a cisgender male and a cisgender female can't butt heads, lock up, or fight each other. But a trans woman with the same bone structure as a cisgender male can fight a fucking biological female with all the biological parts. And that's just a cat fight amongst girlfriends? Is that the delusional world we're fucking living in now? Seriously, fucking explain it to me. Because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like everything else the left is spewing. But my point is, this 
doesn't even the odds. It doesn't. Because there's no one there to incapacitate Rhea Ripley. Because Rhea Ripley can't be touched by the men. If it was just Dragon Lee and Dominic one-on-one, it would be easier. Or if there was a scenario where Rhea just slides in a title or causes a distraction to fuck something up, then okay. That would be better. Or bringing another fucking woman in there to help Dragon Lee would make this better. Again, I understand bringing Rey Mysterio. Rey will bring ratings. But he is not going to be helpful in this match. And that's why I have an issue. So anyway, on that note, we cut to the locker room. We got Wesley storms in the locker room where he runs into Carmelo Hayes. Lee gets heated as he's frustrated after his loss at the Great American Bash. And, you know, Carmelo's telling him to calm down, but Wesley won't calm down. And, you know, Carmelo understands he's emotional. He's like, you've been on a winning streak. You don't know what it's like. He goes, I'm the champ. You know the burden I carry? I get it. So they're kind of going at it. Then Noam Dar and Oro, and Oro Mensa show up, take some shots at Lee. Lee gets fired up, and it causes a big fucking brawl. Uh, Basically, uh, Carmelo, uh, Wesley came in there and said, like, I'm pissed off. I'm whining. I'm pissed. I'm moody. Boo-hoo. Carmelo Hayes, he is... Is the champ. I got a lot of shit on my plate. Then Norm, Dar, Ormus are show up running. They're fucking dick suckers. Half the time, I can't understand what Ormus is saying. Can you, Vinny? No. Okay. And then they got into a brawl. And then Ormus slaps fucking Wesley. And Wesley hits him back and ding into a big-ass brawl. I thought this was stupid. I thought this was pointless. Wesley, I have something to say to you. Wee. Somebody call the Wambulance. Just do us a favor and just, I don't know, shut up. Benny, your thoughts. Thank you, Bruce Willis. Uh, so we got this um, backstage moment right here, and all I can think is they're trying to find an excuse to get Wesley more TV time or something. Because Carmel, or, or actually, I think they're giving Carmelo Hayes something to do now that he's beaten uh, Dragon off. So there's no really. I, I, I got a weird feeling they're trying to build an NXT title match between Carmelo Hayes and Wesley, which I'm not happy about unless it leads to Carmelo Hayes getting another victory. Because I swear to God, if they put the NXT title on Wesley, I ain't gonna be able to watch. It's gonna be painful for me to fucking watch. Obviously, I'm still gonna watch it, because NXT is my job, but no, I'm gonna be bitchier than usual if Wesley wins that fucking title. So, but I feel like that's what they're building towards. Or, they're gonna have Wesley take the Heritage Cup, which they can't because the Heritage Cup that Noam Dar is holding is not the real fucking Heritage Cup. And who gives a shit about the Heritage Cup? Nobody, really. It's fucking retarded. The whole concept is fucking retarded, but of course, that doesn't stop NXT from doing retarded shit. So, this is going to lead to something that's unnecessary, but we'll talk more about that later. Yes, we will. Alright, man. Good do your thing. Next, we have an interview with uh, Thea Hale who says she didn't give up at the Great American Bash. Andre Chase said he didn't have a choice other than to throw in the towel because he had to help Thea. Baron Corbin interrupts and tells Hale that this job isn't for everyone and Hale failed and she should find something else to do. Chase stands up to Corbin who tells him to do something about it. I enjoyed this right here. I mean, Andre Chase and uh, Duke Hudson trying to get Thea Hale, uh, um, uh, you know, try to cheer up after a loss right there. But I could think, I can definitely tell Thea Hale was not happy with Andre Chase for throwing in that towel. But I thought then Barry Corman came in there being an absolute dickhead. And I'm sitting there because she, folks, this is what a heel's supposed to do. Because Baron Corman's a de- damn good heel. But otherwise, I thought this was good right here. Poor Thea Hale. I miss her smile and her, um, you know, her crazy ass chihuahuaness. Yeah, it's like all, it's like, it's like her school spirit's been crushed. And that's what I find interesting about this. Like, even later, even later on, we, we notice it. But you can tell she's not happy because no one wants, no one would be happy. And we, we mentioned that during the Great American Bash recap. No one's going to be happy about their trainer throwing in the towel because you didn't give up, but you still lost. And the trainer did what they 
they feel is best for the fighter. Live to fight another day. You were not going to win. Because he, he knew that Thea wasn't going to tap. But he also knew if she stayed in there any longer, she could risk getting injured and it could take time off her career. So, you know, you got to think about the longevity of your career in that moment. And if the fighter's too stubborn, then the referee has to stop the fight or the trainer has to stop the fight. That's why that rule is in place for the stubborn fighter who won't give up when they're clearly not going to win. So I understand that ruling being in place in actual fights. Storyline wise, I get it here. It prevents Thea Hale from getting buried, but also they want Tiffany to be champion for a little while longer. And I love the Baron Corbin thing because everything he said to Thea Hale, it worked because everybody loves Thea Hale and she can actually work. There's at least a few other people Baron Corbin could have said that to and I would have sent him a fruit basket. You know, people like Roxanne Perez, Cora Jade, Liv Morgan, you know, people like that, that, you know, should find something else to do because they don't draw money and they're garbage. But obviously, Thea Hale's not one of those people and clearly, Andre Chase wants to step to Baron Corbin. Yep, that's true. All right, sir. Move it on. Yep, we're moving on here to the next match of the evening. We've got Dijak one-on-one against Eddie Thorpe. Meh, 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 meh. I mean, I think it was just, it wasn't a filler. I think it was just, uh, what, just to waste time, kind of, in a way. But Eddie Thorpe comes out there and he took the to the chops and, and uh, did a good job, actually. I like Eddie Thorpe. Still green, but Dijax tried to hit that big boot and he missed. But there's just, I'm going to go ahead and say it, this was a filler. Even though there's a buildup to it, it was a filler. And these two fine gentlemen went to town. I It was okay. Could have been a little bit more better, but I enjoyed it. Vinny, your thoughts? Simple. Uh, this was a very good match. It was a it was a brawl. It was a physical matchup. Uh, they has fights. Uh, right. Yes, and it was very well done. Um, it, it, it wasn't really special. At first, I looked at Eddie Thorpe and I'm like, is that motherfucker wearing like his own version? of an Olympic gold medal to the goddamn ring. No, it's not. It, it, I, I, from from an angle it, the, of the camera, it looked like an Olympic gold medal or or, or, some, or something that looked like an Olympic gold medal, like, and, which I thought would have been fucking stupid. <laughs> but if that's not the case, that's not the case. But either way, Dijak got the win, which he needed to because obviously they're building up Dijak for bigger and better things. At least I hope they are, you know, and he's believable as a badass. Eddie Thorpe, he's okay, but I don't see him as a star. That's the thing. I don't see star potential in Eddie Thorpe. I think he's a decent worker. He's a, he could be good enhancement talent. He might be a good mid-card guy to like have a couple feuds with. He'll give you a good match, but I don't see Eddie Thorpe being a world champion. I don't see him drawing money. I don't see him putting asses in seats. Now, time will tell if I'm right or wrong, but that's where I see him right now. So, Dijak needed the win here, and like I said before, it was brutal. These two brought the fight. They did exactly what they needed to do. It was a good little TV match, and in the end, the right person won. That's very, very true, sir. All right. And then we cut to the backstage area where we have the Don, Tony D'Angelo, who makes the call and tells Channing Stax Lorenzo that he is on his way. All I'm going to say is, sister, folks, we wonder who he is. Vinny, who do you think he is? Well, at first I thought it was going to be like, I thought maybe they're going to re-sign two dimes and he was going to come back. Because I've been hearing talks that, you know, whatever thing, whatever he had going on at AEW might not be working out, so he might be coming to, back to NXT. So I thought that was a possibility. Maybe they found forgiveness in him, whatever. But when we found out that this was about to become the main event, which we learned uh, a little later on in the broadcast, once it was revealed that this was pretty much the main event, I realized, okay, they got something big for this. There's a plan in place. 
I've got a pretty and I and, I, and I, I have no idea who it was. I I couldn't even begin to guess. All I knew was I'm eager to see this. And of course y'all was eager to fucking see this. Who would not be eager to see the man that the Don would bring in to NXT? To see the guy that's going to team with me and Stax to take care of these uh, Gallus Fugazis once and for all. You know what I'm fucking saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Cherry Top gets it. If Cherry Top can get it, anyone can fucking get it. That's how I know comprehension's a thing. You know what I'm saying? So obviously, we got a plan in place, as I mentioned before. We're going to kick some ass and we're going to take some fucking names and trust me when it's over they'll be sleeping with the fucking fishes yeah so on that note we're i'm I'm gonna put an end to this and we're just gonna move on over here we got kalani jordan and dana brooke fuck my life who talk about uh dana's win over core jade brooke says she lost it when she got the kendo stick and she kind of liked it jordan tells brooke she's a badass brooke says jordan needs to call someone out and find her killer instinct Vinny, did this need to be here? Yes and no. I mean, okay, Dana Brooks is like telling you, you know, when I was hitting that bitch with the kinder stick, it felt good. I'm like, okay, you need a, you need some therapy and a, and a prescription to Xanax. But she also told Brooke, you need to get that. That go be a badass. You want to get you want to get hyped up and everything else. Just uh, go out there and call somebody out. That's what she needs to do. Jordan is greener is greener than shit. She is. But with Dana Brooke as her mentor and her teacher right there, she might actually teach her how to do the wrestling the right way. Vinny, your thoughts? Well, Kalani already knows how to do it to a degree the right way. Her biggest problem, and I've said this before, is her pacing. Not necessarily her in-ring work. She needs to get her timing down. She needs to learn how to move more fluently. And if she can do that, like she has that thing where she does like a 619 kind of arm drag thing. That's the one best move she's got. But it's just everything else is pacing and timing. That's her only problem. So that's why she's not like horrible in the ring. She just needs to work on that one aspect. And also, the reason I believe this needed to be here to a degree is because Dana Brooke is trying to reinvent herself in NXT. That's the whole reason she's down here. Because she knows how to work. She's got great in-ring skill. But on the main roster, she's basically been treated like a jobber and a joke. And she shouldn't have been. She had all the tools, in my opinion, to be a top female wrestler. But they fucked her over for the for the sake of the false flair and a few other people. Um, and, and it's fucking bullshit. And obviously, Corey Graves buried her on commentary every chance he got because he's the shittiest heel commentator on the planet and has not gotten any better. I'll be honest, he hasn't. I can't stand listening to him on my TV. But Dana needed to do this to kind of show that she's showing a different side to herself, that she's enjoying inflicting pain because it's showing a different side. And also that Jordan needs to have a killer instinct because that's a key thing in wrestling that people you hear all the time say this. You need to have a killer instinct. That is a trick to not just succeeding in wrestling, but in all sports, particularly combat sports. You know, if you're going to be a boxer, you need to have a killer instinct. That's why Mike Tyson is considered one of the greatest. Because when Tyson went out there, he wanted to kill you. He was looking to knock you out. He was looking to fuck you up. And he wanted to eat your children he want, He was a violent motherfucker. UFC, you gotta have a killer instinct because you're in there fighting for your life. Everybody that's ever succeeded in UFC had a killer instinct. That's and it's also I'll use I'll use Rocky Balboa as another example. In Rocky Three, when you know Mick didn't want him to take the fight with Clubber Lang, he said Rocky did something that's the worst thing a fighter could ever do. He got civilized. 
You know, he wasn't hungry anymore after he won the title. He settled down. He got a family. He got the mansion. He got the big cars. And sometimes when you get become a star, you get too big for your britches and you forget to have that killer instinct, that hungry instinct that got you to the top. That's why they say it's just as hard to stay at the top as it is to get there because you got to maintain that killer instinct. And it's not until you retire that you're able to get rid of it. Like Mike Tyson is a lot more humble of a man now in his older years because he doesn't have to fight anymore. And by that, we mean boxing, you know? So he doesn't have to have that evil, vicious, killer instinct anymore. You know, he's able to calm down. He's able to civilize. He's able to act like a normal human being. But to succeed in sports, you have to have that desire to kill. It's the same thing in the military. You also have a a desire to kill. And the reason you need that desire to kill is because the person that's standing across from you is trying to kill you. So that's why they say, kill or be killed. Win or lose. And Dana is tired of losing. She's tired of jobbing. She's tired of not getting booked. She's tired of not getting pushed. She's tired of taking a back seat to women that she knows she's better than. But she's doing it in a babyface way because she is a babyface. And she's telling Jordan to do the same. And here's the thing. She needs to. Because, you know, you can be a, you can be the nicest person in the world. But when you step into that ring, you got to be willing to look at that person and go, I hate you. I want you dead. As long as you got to make sure you got to make sure. That's why they say you also got to channel it so you can use that aggression while staying within the rules. And that's where the true fighter is. You control the, you have the anger, you have the rage, but you keep it in check to where you're doing enough to beat the other person, but not literally kill them because you can go to jail. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We have Valentina Faraz and Ulisa Leon versus Lola Vice and Electric Lopez. I don't know anybody in this except for Electric Lopez. I mean, this was messy. I did not enjoy this. I thought this match was aka the shitty, and it was. These makes women look wrestling look bad, but in the end, Electric Lopez and Lola Vice wins. And rightfully so. Vinny, destroy this match. I thought this match fucking sucked. It did suck. It was awful. Simple for the fact that Valentina and Yulisa don't know how to work. They're fucking jobbers. They're not over. They're never going to get over. This is garbage. Lola Vice, she's decent. But Electra Lopez is the only person in this match that is worth a damn. I'm still pissed off that she's still in NXT. I legit am. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Again, I love Electra Lopez. But the fact that she got that that when uh, uh, Legato Del Fantasma got the fucking call up, they sent Electra back down and put in Zelina Vega in her place. That's a fucking sucker punch to the taint. Like, what the fuck was that? It was stupid. It was pointless. It makes Electra look stupid because they turned on the family to go to greener pastures and then she gets sent back. So you bury Electra before she's even allowed to get back in the ring. Now she's got to redeem herself and figure shit out. You could have put her back with the family. That would have made more sense. But still, everything looked fucking stupid from that point on. So now she's having to rebuild her legacy. Now, thankfully, Electra is a phenomenal fucking worker and is able to recover from that. And Lola Vice, I think she can get better with time, but the other two women ain't worth shit. That's why this match was garbage. Because Electra had to carry her opponent and her partner in this match. And Electra is not a goddess. She's a goddess in the terms of her looks, but not in terms of wrestling. So she could not work a miracle in this match. She tried. God help her, she tried. But it wasn't enough. 
And then we cut to a TikTok video with uh, NXT Women's Champion Tiffany Stratton, who's commenting on her win at Thea Hale at the Great American Bash. She's putting on her makeup and says she's going to have a celebration in the ring next week. I guess she was recovering from her match at the Great American Bash. Tiffany was just being the hill. Yes, I won. Ha, 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 ha. Just being her typical, wonderful, hill ass self. And then next week we'll see her celebration. We should have seen it tonight, but we didn't. But... Maybe we'll see it uh, next week. Hopefully, uh, she don't get attacked in the parking lot. Right, Kenny? <laughs> well, if Blair Davenport's looking for championship gold, that could be a possibility. Um, but the thing is, we didn't need to see Tiffany on NXT this week. You already have enough of a card, and you also have to remember, you gotta give people a reason to tune in next week. So if Tiffany did this, then what else is left for her? Plus, with what goes down later in the night, I could see a logical reason for why this would take place next week, you know? So Tiffany didn't need to do anything this week. Just let her do a TikTok video, and that way you can build this card and tell a story and give people a reason to tune in to next week's NXT. And on that note, we are gonna move on to the next match of the evening what we thought was going to be the main event but we were wrong uh, we got some tag team action here we got Carmelo Hayes and Wesley versus Noam Dar and Oro Mensa spot fest am I right or am I wrong Vinny very much a spot there's fest. too much going on the only person I wanted to see in that match was Carmelo Hayes Wesley Noam Dar or Mensa they can go fuck off jump off a cliff and go bye bye didn't enjoy this stupid as shit but the only thing that was actually entertaining that Wesley of course hit Carmelo Hayes by accident Wesley gets me where were you where were you he and Mel's like I was over here taking care of business no you weren't no you weren't I'm like okay dude you still sound like a sport breath that didn't get the convertible on Christmas Day. You suck, Vinny. Please take this one. Yeah. Like I said, this was a boring-ass spot fest, um, which was to be expected because Carmelo Hayes, even though he is a great wrestler and he is a great champion, for the most part, he's been known to do a lot of spots in his matches. The difference is Carmelo times his spots throughout the match and does them very well. Wesley, on the other hand, is reckless as fuck, and Noam and Oro are also reckless as fuck and also are not even remotely interesting. So this match already lost all interest going in. Carmelo Hayes is the only person in this match that is watchable. It's kind of similar to the match we saw earlier with Electra Lopez, where Electra had to carry three different people. That's basically what Melo did here. And Melo is not a wrestling god. He is not a miracle worker. He did the best he could, but he could not carry this match to completion. He just had to get through it and live to play another day. And as I mentioned before, they argue after the match, so that means they're trying to build Carmelo Hayes versus Wesley, and I think that's going to be the next uh, NXT title match for No Mercy. I had a feeling they're going to drag this out till No Mercy, and they're going to have a brawl of sorts. And that's really all I can expect from this. Yeah, same here. Okie dokie. Yes, uh, I have a question. Sorry, I, I have a question. Um. Yeah. Why did Why does the black guy look like Jerry Truman and the Little Mermaid had a baby with pink hair? What? What? It's It's a question. He looks. I don't know. But he looks like the love child of Jerry Truman and the Little Mermaid had a baby with pink hair. Sorry. No, Gator. No. It's just how his hair is and everything else. Many. 
Shave this. Larry, it's like, I don't fucking know. He probably thought it was a good look. It's not, but apparently no one told him that. So that's kind of an idea of like what we're going on here. Also, what the fuck was this finish? Why, why did they do this finish? This was a stupid finish. Also, um, can someone please explain what's the story here? It's no story. Exactly. That's why this is the shitty. Because if it doesn't have a story, it's the shitty. So this was a very much a shitty match. It was the it, shitty. It was the shitty. It was the shitty. Stop stealing my gimmick, damn it. In time, they'll never get back. Anyways, yeah, fuck you. All right, uh, this was y- y'all, y'all, are, y'all give me a fucking headache today. I, don't, I ain't got time for this shit. All right, we're gonna move on here. We got a video message where Braun Breaker says Von Wagner's story is touching stuff, but he calls Wagner a nobody. He tells Wagner to come find him if he has a problem with it and threatens to hurt him badly if he does. He was just basically uh, exp- uh, uh, calling out Bob Wagner. He was like, I felt, I felt, I thought your story was touching. But as, uh, but when I hit that spirit, it felt good. And you want a piece of me? Coming at me. Let's see what happens. And Bob Wagner against Braun Breaker, that's going to be a hot fight from hell. Benny, your thoughts? Here's the thing. It was a great promo, and I know they're building to a great match because I would love to see Braun Breaker mix it up with Von Wagner. But at the end of the day, they're pulling these stories out of nowhere. So basically, they're just giving Braun Breaker random shit to do because for some fucked up reason that I have yet to comprehend, they are not ready to bring this guy to the main roster. And I don't know why that is. I'm thinking it's for one of three reasons. One, they still think Braun Breaker has something to give to NXT. Two, the creative is out of their fucking minds. Or three, they're trying to wait for all the Rick Steiner controversy to die down from WrestleCon. So, unless, I mean, what other reason could there be to not bring Braun Breaker, who has all the tools and is ready to dominate a spot on the main roster? What the fuck are they waiting for? I have no clue. I mean, at the very least, at least with Von Wagner, we're going to get a good Haas fight. You know, so this is going to be fun. But still, Braun Breaker. Breaker doesn't need to be dicking around in NXT anymore. He's done. He's got nothing left to give. I mean, unless he's going to job to somebody, which I don't know he is, unless he plans on putting over Von Wagner and that's him finally leaving to go to the main roster, then why the fuck even do this? Because that's the only other thing Braun Breaker has left to do is job on the way out. Put the people over that he needs to put over before he leaves. That's the only other reason to keep him here. So, I mean, if he's going to put somebody over, Von Wagner's the right guy. He's got the build. He's got the size. He's ready. They just need to find Give him a solid storyline, get him in the title contention, and keep building him up instead of just having him do the woe is me emotional story. Yes, that's very, very, very true, sir. All right. And then we cut to the backstage area, or actually the parking lot, where we see Axiom confront Dominic Mysterio, who confuses him for Dragon Lee. Mustafa Ali barges in and tries to talk about the triple threat match at the Great American Bash. Axiom gets upset because he feels disrespected. Ali says he's been disrespected for six years, and the North American Championship is his. I didn't like this right here. I did it at all. Boo-hoo. Way-way. Moving on. Didn't care for this. This was a piss break to me. Done. All right. You know, obviously, you know, what they're trying to do here, the secret is they're trying to build something with uh, Mustafa Ali, probably give him an opponent because if Axiom feels disrespected, they're obviously going to lock up because Dominic right now is focused on Dragon Lee. So unless, you know, like they said, unless Dragon Lee's going to go over, which I don't think he is, then obviously they need to give Axiom and Mustafa Ali something to do while they wait for Dominic and Dragon Lee to go through with their match. Now, the way I see it, I think Ali is going to face Axiom and go over. And even though I've said I would like to see Trick Williams 
walk out with the North American title. If they're not going to give it to Trick, then I think Mustafa should be the one to take it. Because Mustafa Ali, despite, you know, the fact that he's a bit of a spot monkey and stuff, he has worked very hard on his promos. He is he is very good on the mic. And as North American champion, he can bring something to NXT because he is a star. At least at NXT, he is. On the main roster, not so much. But in NXT, he has the ability to put some star power behind the North American title, especially if they plan on having Dominic drop it anytime soon. Because I know, I, I'm pretty sure they want Dominic to hold it for a while because he can bring a lot of, you know, Latino heat as well as heel heat to NXT. So I wouldn't get rid of Dominic anytime soon. He's white hot. Uh, but Mustafa Ali is a good, credible person to beat him. Axiom is not on this plan or any other. Dragon Lee, I don't necessarily hate him, but he ain't there. So uh, that's who I would give it to. I would give it to Mustafa Ali. But I, I think he needs to go through Axiom first, and this is a way to just kind of set that up. Very true, sir. Very, 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 very true, sir. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We've got Baron Corbin one-on-one against Andre Chase with Duke Hudson and Thea Hale. Did you enjoy this? Hey. All right, I want to make this short and sweet. You got uh, Chase U comes out there, and you can automatically tell that Thea Hell was very, 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 very upset. She was upset that the title was thrown in. These two uh, go at it. I mean, Andre Chase, not championship worthy. Maybe North America, or maybe tag teams with Duke Hudson. But he is a good worker. He got his he got his shit in. He gave the C H A S a S E chase you. Hey, look, I can spell. What a wonderful thing. But um, the, but then when um Baron Corbin put him, was putting him a submission move, Theo tried to throw in the uh tried to throw in the towel, and uh, Baron Corbin caught it. He's like, uh uh-uh, uh, this ain't happen. Throws the towel back. Theo takes off. Dude, cousin, what the hell are you doing? And then also Baron Corbin hits the end of days. One two three, and it is Baron Corbin. We automatically know Baron Corbin was gonna win. Andre Chase was not gonna beat Baron Corbin. No fucking way. Benny, your thoughts? I mean, obviously. I mean, Baron Corbin, they're trying to give him a win, especially since they had the double count out at the bash. So Baron did need a win. Andre, not so much. Um, I did think it was a decent match. Um, Andre obviously knows how to work very well and is obviously very entertaining. Uh, I felt like if it was Baron and Duke, Duke would have needed to go over because Duke has a much better build. Um, obviously, they had Thea Hale uh, throwing in the towel, but Corbin throws it back. It's the end of days. Um, if Corbin was going to go over, which I felt, which obviously should have um i would have preferred the towel throwing in just to continue the story like have thea hale fuck over uh andre chase and baron corbin can snap because he doesn't want to win that way and just beat the hell out of andre chase and maybe duke tries to make the save try to come in and help and thea just doesn't care and walks away or whatever i would have preferred that over just flat out beating Andre Chase. Or even when he th- came back around and Andre did that inside cradle and that get the one, two, three. I thought that would have been great because it would have pissed off Corbin even more and he could have still done a beat down on Andre Chase before Duke Hudson tried to make the save or whatever. So, But I felt the towel would have been a better finish than just Corbin flat out beating him. Just to continue the story. Because that's another problem that we see a lot of in wrestling is they they don't continue the story very well. You know, if you have a story in place, which is in this case, the towel is the focal point, then you should use the towel more often to build your story and tell your story. Because then they can argue over the towel. There can be dissension. Then we can see if Thea Hale eventually says, fuck Chase you, I'm out of here. You know, and then we see what happens. Because you already see Thea Hale coming out with no school spirit. She's already defeated. She's not happy with what's going on. 
So that could have been a turnabout's fair play. But you fucked the story up. Why? To give Corbin some definitive win on free TV? It doesn't really matter. It was stupid. It killed the story, in my opinion. And then there was a video package recapping Roxanne Perez's homecoming at the Great American Bash. Uh, I did not give a single fuck. Me neither. Who cares? It was basically just video of, here's my family. Here's the argument we had at the convention. Here's me getting the one, two, three in this shitty match. So it was a waste of fucking time. Waste of times. And then we see a, a limo pull up, and we see a guy in white pants and fancy white shoes get out of a car. We are now led to believe this is the mystery partner of Tony D'Angelo, but obviously we don't see his face, so we're supposed to get an idea. So now the thoughts are really running through that. So, okay, now it's got to be somebody that dresses fancy. It's got fancy doodads. I don't think, I don't drink fancy. Yeah, so it's obviously I don't not- dress fancy. I'm wearing I'm wearing a uh, wearing the ten dollar corn shirt. Trust me, I ch- I shop cheap. I don't understand why people want to spend that much money on a pair of clothes. Because because showing a lot of clothes means you make a lot of money, which attracts a lot of women. Side note, I was at I was at a store one day and I saw a nice pair of shoes. This guy, I asked, hey, how much does this pair of shoes cost? Vinny, guess how much this pair of shoes cost? How much? Five hundred. Yeah, I believe it. I was like, your shoes cost more than my rent. What the fuck? His shoes are the exact price of my rent. <laughs> so, yeah, when people spend that much money on shoes, I, I automatically fucking hate you. Yeah, I was, I was like, I, I'm back in my head. I was like, oh, there's really nice. And then, then I was really excited. Back in my head, go, Fuck yourself. <laughs> Sorry. You're spending that much money on shoes. I, I don't think you're a baller. I think you're a jackass. Jackass. It's shoes. I don't need expensive. The only time I need to wear nice expensive shoes is I need one pair and they're dress shoes for my suit. That's it. Other than that, I'm buying the cheapest fucking shoes they got because usually when I wear regular shoes, they get dirty and muddy and shit like that. Yeah, I'm not going so to So I don't need to be worried about that. Shoes. I don't want to be in a situation where someone gets my shoes dirty and that starts a fucking fight. Yeah. Okay, Ugh, it's fucking Jesus. pathetic. Pathetic and sad. Yes. Uh, and then we cut to the backstage area with Noam Dar and Oro Mensa celebrating their win. Last Legend says they beat the NXT champion and a former North American champion. Uh, Tyler Bates shows up and says he was on a meditation retreat, and he challenges Noam Dar to face him next week. I did not care for this. Boring, sad, pathetic, done. It was it was horrible. And simple fact that, again, they're trying to sell this thing about, look, I have this fake cup, so I'm the real champion. And I want to take that cup and, I don't know, throw it into the ocean someplace or blow it up. Maybe with a rocket launcher, courtesy of Butch. Yeah. Night, fellas. So, Bye. Yeah. So, and of course, Tyler Bate, a uh, big fan of his. So, it'll be intriguing to see what he does. But, obviously, this is going to be one of those matches where it's like, all right, it's there. But we'll see if it's any good. Fish uh, break on that match. Okay, moving on. Pretty much. Yep. So, then we cut to the schism interrogation. Joe Gazley's interrogation says two of the mass schism members have abandoned their values. Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed make it clear that they think the moles are the Creed brothers, as Zach predicted um, a few weeks back. Ava says they will unmask tonight. A few members unmask, one man unmask, and reveals himself as Eichmann Jiro. Reed and Fallon accuse the masked men of being the Creed brothers. They attack the individual and unmask them. They're not the Creed brothers. The actual Creed brothers appear on the video screen, and they're seemingly on the beach. They change the background to show different places they've been. They disagree about their location, and Julius claims they're not in Orlando. Gacy tells the Fathers of Schism to bring the Creed brothers to them. I was right, wasn't I? 
I think so. To a certain to a certain extent, I just knew when there was it has to be the Creed brothers, but they're gone. It's like, but it turns out to be it, they were were behind the attack, but they were just not there tonight. Yeah, that was basically what I said. Without when we, I was like, who the hell is this? Who the hell is that? We don't know who these people are. And Ikman Jir comes up, and I go, fuck our lives, because yeah. I really, really hate him. <laughs> yes, I don't like him. Yes, that I j- want to shave off his head, burn his jacket. And send his Mario away back to the uh, back to Japan. Bye, assholes. Yes. But yes. this right here, I'm eager to see. I really am. We're gonna see the Creed Brothers against the Schism one more time. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the Creed Brothers are supposed to be gone from NXT permanently. So that's why they're saying go and find them. So unless they can find something where like Shawn Michaels comes out and re- is willing to reinstate the Creed Brothers or something, or they have a match where you know if they beat the Schism, they're reinstated or whatever. Like something has to happen. And you got and here's the thing: because they've been banned from NXT, it can't be one of those things where they just run the fucking asylum and. N- and not have an authority figure there to make them aware that they're no longer part of the brand and that they have to earn their right back in. Because if you just glance over that with no authority figures, then it makes the brand look stupid. And that's something we've been missing heavily in wrestling is on-camera authority figures calling the fucking shots, making rulings, and showing that there is law and order on the fucking roster. And it's not just the inmates running the fucking asylum. We need more that and if Shawn Michaels is going to be the head of NXT he needs to come out here and make some fucking rulings and it's not stealing the spotlight it's not stealing TV time it's elevating the match and plus it's his fucking brand because ever since Triple H got put in charge of creative on the main roster the reins have been handed over to good old HBK and there's nothing wrong with having an authority figure come out and talk it gets it brings ratings because it's Shawn fucking Michaels. And he's not getting in the ring and wrestling. Although I still would have preferred to see him against Grayson Waller as Stand and Deliver. It would have been great to see him come out of retirement for that. But sadly, that never happened. But still, get some authority out here. Let's have some rulings be made instead of just disorganized bullshit. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area where Cora J gets frustrated by her loss to Dana Brooke. She grabs her things and says she's leaving. Shoe fly, don't bother me. Shoe fly, don't bother me. Don't care. This is stupid. Goodbye. Some things don't belong here. Benny. Na 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 na. Hey hey hey. Goodbye. And good riddance to bad rubbish. Thank fucking God she's finally out of the building. Because there have been weird rumors about Cora J going around the internet. Like she had deleted her Instagram. Or no, her, not her Instagram. Her Twitter, apparently. Amid some rumors that she might be... Uh, I don't know if she's sticking around or not. Um, there's um, been some awkward, weird uh, talks about that. Ah, here it is. Cora J posts cryptic message her NXT loss. Uh, NXT fans left wondering after witnessing an interesting reaction from female star Cora J following a recent loss in the show. Uh, the NXT Gold Rush Special Week 1 had seen Jade emerge victorious against Dana Brooke, sparking an ongoing rivalry between two competitors. Jade also secured a win over Kalani Jordan, further escalating their feud. Heron Lee's edition of NXT, tensions between Cora Jade and Dana Brooke reached new heights as they took on each other in a hard-hitting Kendo stick match. Despite Jade's relentless efforts, it was Brooke who emerged triumphant with a swanton bomb, sealing a victory. Shortly after the match concluding, Cora Jade took the swear to share a cryptic post. Bye. Fans were left wondering what the young star was trying to convey. Jade, who has, a prom- who has been a prominent figure in the women's division, has been known for her in-ring powers and performances. 
blah. However, her recent lack of success in feuds has left her frustrated and uncertain about her future in the company. She has had a series of underwhelming rivalries as of late as well. While some speculate the tweet might suggest a departure from WWE altogether, it is plausible the wrestler can make a leap up to either Raw or SmackDown in the near future. Fanta knows her absence of NXT's major events since her loss in the Iron Survivor Challenge and Deadline last year, and the women's title picture has progressed without her. It remains to be seen what lies ahead for Cora Jade in the WWE. Blah. I'm going to say this. What? If they're calling her up, they're fucking retarded. That is stupid. This woman is trash and has been since she got here. And like I said, she deactivated her Twitter account after she had posted a tweet about being frustrated with the booking. I remember when I was on a PLE in April of 2022. Really? Because we don't. Uh, So yeah, so basically that's why they're saying she's leaving because she either, it looks like they're either not going to re-sign her or they're calling her up. Or they're giving her a break. I don't know what the fuck it is, but I hope she's getting released. Because, like we said, we don't need this bitch in the company. She serves no purpose. She's not entertaining. And, I'm sorry, she's just not delivering. I don't care if she is sucking Braun Breaker's dick. I don't want to see her in the company. So, she can go. Yes. I'm happy she's leaving. Yep. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening. We have Gallus versus Tony D'Angelo, Stax, and the mystery partner that we have revealed as dun, 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 Santos Escobar. Vinny and I were like, okay, who the hell is this? And Santos Escobar come we heard Vida La Lasta. Vinny and I go, huh, all right. I was like, two enemies now become best friends. But to the match, during the whole time, Tony D, Stax, and Escobar were on the offense, were they not? For most of it, oh, yes. Yeah, for the most of it. But of course, Gallus got uh, got got uh, got their uh, moves. And I would not say they're trash. I'm sorry. I do like them for one particular reason that Vinny will never understand. Sorry, I have to. At least they're not the high flyers, man. I know you don't like them, but. But otherwise, this match was freaking fantastic right there. Um, loved it. Uh, good closing match of the night. I mean, I mean, when they uh, put, they all started hitting each other, uh, all three of them hit the uh, Gallus uh, guys in the gut at the same time. I mean, finally Escobar uh, gets it in there, does his sink, and then uh, Tony D and Stacks hit that bada bing, bada boom, one, two, three, and rightfully so, the runs are Tony D Stacks. And Santos Escobar. Benny, take it away, sir. I enjoyed this match. It was stellar. It was kick-ass. And I was surprised that Santos Escobar was there. But there was an inkling uh, during the Bastille 7, I, I forgot to mention this, where when he called him on the phone, he said, look, you do this favor for me, we're even Steven. So basically, this was uh, Tony D and Santos burying the hatchet from their feud. So now they're solid. They're cool again. You know, everything's on the up and up. So, obviously, you know, and it was great to see. And they were doing the whole uh, celebration, Italian hand gesture at the end. And Santos getting... Forget about it. No? No. Don't you ever do that again. What? Forget about it. Please. Please don't ever do that again. Never do that again. No. No. I said no. I said no. Forget about it. Okay, now I'm done. Okay, now I gotta fucking step in here. Well, oh, I was just bust, I was just fucking with you. Come on, don't get all butthurt. Oh, for Christ's sake! Listen here. If you're gonna fucking say it, you gotta say it the right way. You gotta say it with fucking feeling. It's forget about it. Forget about it. That's how you fucking say it. Forget about it. No, it's. Forget about it. You got to put some soul into that. Put some feeling in there, fucking cherry top. You forgot one thing. What's that? I don't have a soul. Fucking, um, I don't know. God forbid. 
Oh, for crying out loud, Jiminy Cricket and the all the Mary Madeline, all the Saints. This fucking all right. Put some fucking effort in. You got some hard work. Do you have a work ethic? I'm assuming you do. Those plates and dishes don't wash themselves unless they got that automatic dishwasher. In which case, what the fuck are you still hired for? But anyway, my point is, you gotta say forget about it. You forget gotta about it. There you go. There you go. That's it. There it is. There you go, Cherry Top. Now you're fucking learning. That's my point, right? Right there. Now, my point is this. No one expected good old Santos Escobar to fucking show up. But uh, I told you, the Don had an idea in a pinch. Because look, obviously Santos... We had our differences, you know. Obviously, you know, we had the we had our rivalry, we had our issues. I had them working for me for a brief period of time. Things didn't work out. Eventually, we kicked them to the curb. They left NXT. But at the end of the day, bygones can be bygones. You know, thigh meals, all wounds, things like that. And uh, I had them come back to help against a common enemy. And plus, Santos moved on to bigger and better things. He's doing the LWO, which is fucking great. You know, LWO, one of the most popular factions from the WCW days, you know, you, you gotta respect it, you know, he's doing his own thing he's becoming the, the Hispanic wrestler for people to look up to, they're taking care of their own culture and uh, I can respect another culture provided it doesn't infringe upon mine and uh, Santos ain't infringing upon mine no more so uh, we can go our separate ways, so I uh, just wanted to clarify that right there and of course, uh, let this be known don't fuck with the family and Santos he's now family, so we're fucking happy, and hopefully we can finally move on from this gallus bullshit and hopefully move on to some other tag teams that are worth our fucking time. Yes, I hope you do too, Don, but I just I just want to say here, love this six-man tag. It was very well done, and of course, I loved the chemistry amongst everybody here, but I do have a, 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 a little side quest I got to take here because there was something that was mentioned in this match that upset me. It upset me very, very much. And that is, as we know, Santos Escobar is the number one contender to the United States Championship. First of all, the fact that it's him and not LA Knight is fucking disgusting. It's a prime example that booking still has their heads up their asses and don't know a fucking megastar when they see one. But that goes without saying. But not only are they denying LA Knight the Dish. United States Championship... Fuck you, I ain't done talking. But they're giving Santos the title shot on, I shit you not, next Friday, August 11th. It's going to be Santos Escobar versus Austin Theory. The pay-per-view is this fucking Saturday. And I say this again. How do you take the United States title seriously? How do we take Austin Theory seriously when you won't even put him on a fucking pay-per-view especially when it's a pay-per-view that's one of the big four and the last time Austin Theory was on the big four he beat John Cena the greatest WWE superstar of all time yes I said it and you're wrong. I am 100% right. You're wrong. Really? I'd like yeah. to hear the argument against him with all the fucking accomplishments he's made. There's other wrestlers who are just as complicated, just as complicated, who are just as good as him. Triple but H. didn't have the run that he did, were not on top as long as he was, did not, do, did not do accomplish things outside the ring and in the ring like he did. So, yes, he is the greatest of all time. Batista is still a better actor than him. 
That don't fucking matter. Point is this. He beat John Cena. And so far since then, he's done fucking nothing. And people can blame the booking all they want. That is part of the blame, but it's not the whole blame. It's because Austin Theory is not a main eventer. He is a mid-carder. He couldn't hang with Cena verbally. He barely hung with Cena physically. And he hasn't done jack shit on the rare moments he is on TV. He's done nothing to make himself memorable. And again, I don't hate Austin Theory as a person. I know in the ring he is a great talent. But he's not a main eventer. And he has done nothing to elevate the United States Championship. I guarantee you, this match is not going to be memorable unless Santos wins the U.S. title. But even then, Santos is good, but he's not great. If you really want to elevate the United States title, give it to L.A. Knight. The guy who goes out there every week and delivers in the ring, on the mic. He's 100% over. The motherfucker should have won the briefcase. But if you're not going to give him the briefcase, fine. At least give him the U.S. title. Give him something to run with until it's time to put him in the main event where he belongs. This is not a guy you have taking arm drags in the second match. He needs to be main event. The crowd has fucking spoken. Listen to them. Stop pushing all these mid-card losers ahead of him. You have a pay-per-view on Saturday, and the guy who beat John Cena is not on the pay-per-view. That should tell you right there, you made the wrong choice. How much more proof do you fucking need? So yeah, that pissed me the fuck off. That you go through this whole invitational tournament, and you don't even have the common courtesy to put it on the goddamn pay-per-view. Not even the pre-show. But we get some random gay-ass battle royal? I believe this is Vince's doing. Unless Triple H is that stupid. Because sometimes I'm starting to think, I'm starting to question him too. But overall, like I said, stellar, stellar main event. It was a stellar main event. Uh, wait, I, I have something I need to contribute. Uh, yes, I like to be of assistance. Um, By the way, this right here was a legit six-man tag. This is how you are supposed to do the six-man tag. Not like that trios bullshit that they do over on the AEWs that I am forced to watch. But this is how you fucking do it. Also, you know, Mr. Bucciarelli, Mr. Bucciarelli has a gripe. I have a gripe of my own that I'd like to give right now, and it is this. Why in the hell is the Don not the NXT champion? Seriously, he is miles ahead of every one of these motherfuckers that is on this show. He is miles ahead in the ring, on the mic. He has all the skills in the world. But yet I am seeing worthless motherfuckers go near the NXT championship. Tony D should be running the whole fucking brand. The whole fucking brand. This is ridiculous. This is stupid. This is not acceptable. Are you done? Yes, unless you have something you contribute. Uh, I agree with both of them. This match is uh, fantastic. Tony D, he's got the tag teams, Gator. Give him a good couple. Give him some time. Tony D will have the ta- uh, will have the main world title on him. He'll be the NXT World Champion. Vinny will agree with me on that. Won't you, Vinny? Yes, they're gonna put that belt on him eventually. They have no choice in the matter because he's too damn good. But then again, they they make stupid decisions, so I can't say for sure. But then the whole thing wraps up with a promo. We see Ilya Dragunov blaming Trick Williams for his loss of the bash. He says the retribution will begin next week, and he won't stop until Williams has been terminated. I think this might they need to save. Do you think we're gonna see this on free TV, or are you taking the wait till uh, till No Mercy? Uh, I don't know if they're gonna have an actual match. I hope they don't. I got a feeling there's gonna be a call out and a fight. I really would like them to try to save this for No Mercy. So if they do have a match, I want it to end in fuckery. 
victory. I want a DQ. I want a double count out. I want something to happen to where there's no definitive winner and we have to wait till no mercy. Because I feel like that would be the right place for Trick Williams to shine. And there is a way to, and I know granted it's going to take a month to get there. There's a bunch of NXT episodes, but if done properly, they can drag this out. Just have promos and brawls and have them have matches with inter- and have them interfere there. You can, you can drag it out. It's doable. It's hard, but it's doable. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this episode of NXT. Zach, as always, I thank you for your time and your busy schedule to join us. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Absolutely. All right. And make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there. Or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Uh, you'll notice the Facebook Live that I put out advertising the watch party. You can check that out. It's got a lot of information on it. Also, be on the lookout for the recap of Money in the Bank that we did coming through. We'll also have our predictions for WWE SummerSlam this Saturday. Also, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get his tweets, photos, and videos. We got a couple lives on there too. Zach's in the Instagram live on the Boochcast page, so you can uh, check that out there. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. And of course, you can follow us on Twitch. Go to Twitch.tv/slash the Boochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be this Saturday, August the fifth, for WWE SummerSlam. Join us for the biggest party of the summer. And of course, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and a special project in the works. And you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level to donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content in the network and unlike Endeavor, we actually care about our fans are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes they're to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over when it's all set and done we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid and until next time this is Vinny Bucci aka the Booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the Booch cast talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby well I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye goodbye so long so long farewell farewell you be good stay well bye bye keep warm relax and eat take care stay loose at your mom you a la prochaine goodbye till when we meet again